1: Hello and welcome to a special extra edition of Inside Politics, the politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Pat Leahy. On June 24th, the United States Supreme Court made its most startling intervention in politics since the Bush versus Gore decision 22 years ago, when it overturned the Roe v. Wade decision of an earlier Supreme Court, which had ruled that the right to abortion was protected by the US Constitution. Therefore, the constitutional right for a woman to have an abortion subject to some term limits, which had existed since 1973, no longer exists in the United States. It's now a matter for the individual states to legislate for. Since then, amid protests by pro-choice activists and celebrations by pro-life groups, access to abortion has already been severely restricted in many U.S. states. Others will follow, Legal challenges to abortion bans existing or threatened are already springing up in many states, while other states are seeking to copper-fasten the right to abortion and to access to abortion for women travelling for states where it is banned. It's a confusing and kinetic picture, but it's clear that abortion is firmly on the political agenda in the United States in a way that it has never really been before. So how will this affect electoral politics in the US? And in particular, how will it affect the midterm congressional elections due in November? To discuss all this, I'm joined by our Washington correspondent, Martin Wall. Martin, I guess the dust if hasn't you know, quite entirely settled at this stage after the Supreme Court issued its ruling. What does the picture look like now and and what are the kind of emerging political effects insofar as we can judge them at this
0: stage? Okay, as we stand at the moment, there are about 10 or 12 states around the country have what are called trigger laws that were due to come into effect immediately the Roe v. v Wade uh, decision if it was ever struck down. Some of those came into effect within hours. Some came into effect or to come into effect when the Supreme Court formally certified its judgment. And that was a few days, maybe a couple of weeks later. And others had a 30-day waiting period. So it's on the way uh, for that to happen in those particular states. In some areas, the courts have intervened to prevent politicians rushing ahead of the what's set out in the legislation. In other states, they had pre-existing bans on abortion that predated the 1973 Roe v. Wade, going back in some cases a 100 years or more. And they will now come back into effect. So the the, the dust on this issue is that it's not, it hasn't settled. It is settling. But within the next few weeks, it is likely to have a situation whereby about 26 states will either have a ban on abortion or severe restrictions on abortion in place. And in those states where they're largely Republican states, largely in the South. There is debate within those states as to how far they will actually go.
1: I suppose in the way that repeal here took a ban on abortion out of the Constitution, what the Supreme Court has done in overturning Roe v. Wade is it has also taken abortion out of the Constitution, but thus enabling the states to legislate for it.
0: Yeah, it is. It is the, the federal constitutional right to abortion has been eliminated. It's now up to states to state at, at at state level. We can talk about after the after the forthcoming midterm elections what may happen at national level. But as of now, at local level in the states, politicians are moving to introduce their own legislation. Some in the more liberal states. They want to put in place legislation that they will become essentially a sanctuary for women seeking abortion from around the country and putting rights into their own constitutions. In other states, in Republican states, they're getting tied up in issues in relation to where will they go on abortion? Where do you draw the line? Will it be, for example, a ban on abortion? If you ban abortion, what happens in, are there exemptions as there exemptions for cases of rape, incest. Uh, health of the mother, life of the mother will women in a state where abortion is banned have a right to travel to another state for an abortion? will media be allowed to have run advertisements, for example, for abortion clinics out of state? People in Ireland will be very, very familiar with these concepts where absolutely this is exactly what happened in Ireland in the late 1980s, early 90s, is playing out again here in relation to it.
1: I'm far too young to remember, of course, uh, but you you might remember, Martin, that uh, there were referendums on the right to travel and and the right of information on abortion, right?
0: Absolutely. Where it may come into trouble in the United States is the issue of abortion and constitutional rights will clash right up against the right of commerce, um, rights to travel between states for commercial purposes and abortion clinics are commercial organizations so that runs against that there's other issues in terms of the unintended consequences if states apply a right or introduce a right to ban their citizens or they're, they're from taking part or participating in activities that are banned in that state elsewhere in the United States it raises other issues what happens for example in states where for example gambling is banned should their citizens be prohibited from going to Las Vegas for example there was those kind of issues come up. So others, just as we saw in Ireland in the 1980s and 1990s, when you start putting in place legal bans, unintended consequences tend to pop up that people haven't actually anticipated. And the other piece we have to bear in mind as well is that technology has advanced since then because now we have the issue of what happens in relation to medical abortions, what happens to the right of access to the abortion pill. Will, for example, states try to interfere with the rights of women to access their mail? been being uh, being, po- being posted to them so there are all issues that are coming to play
1: presumably the answer to this varies on a state-by-state basis Martin incidentally my apologies to listeners who are distracted by that bonging in the background that's the division bells ringing in the Shannons uh, here in in, in Leinster House from where I'm uh, from where I'm, I'm I'm talking to you but do you think that anti-abortion forces and legislators lobby groups and so forth do you think they have kind of a worked out playbook to answer those sort of questions about travel and information and other federally protected rights that may
0: apply? Yeah, I think there is a coalition of interests on the anti abortion side. There are certainly some who would like to push your absolutist that abortion is wrong in all circumstances. Therefore, if 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 you consider abortion to be murder, which some of them do, therefore what happens if that should apply in all cases? That that's their fully absolute position and that in those circumstances abortion pills should be banned, travel should be banned, all of all of that. There are others who are more practical. There are, say that there are we've had some governors, even southern governors, indicating that legislation has been put in place that banned abortion in cases including where there was no exemptions for rape or incest, that they are uncomfortable with those. But that is the vote of their um, legislatures. So I think that will probably work itself out over the, um, over the next few months in relation to what the legislation is going to be. There is going to be a big battle with the federal government. For example, the president has indicated that a line in the sand will be drawn over uh, travel and that they will also be the issue of interrupting the federal mail will be a big issue if you're trying to interrupt access to abortion bills, for example, through the post. That will be another issue. So there's going to be, just as in Ireland, where abortion led to other court cases and other issues, this is going to be a political issue and a legal issue. That's not going to end with this. I spoke to one of the people who drew up the legislation in Mississippi that was actually at the heart of the the Supreme Court case a couple of weeks ago, and uh, his argument was is that what's called the Dobbs case, which is what the Supreme Court ruled on a couple of weeks ago, the Dobbs case settles nothing. The Dobbs case puts this back into the political sphere in the States and potentially at, at national level. So that is all to be fought out. So how then does that begin to affect
1: electoral politics in uh, in the US, especially with midterms coming up in November in which... Democrats are
0: expected to lose control of both the House and the Senate, right? Well, Pat, I I think the the Democrats at national level will cling on to this Dobbs ruling on abortion for all that they're worth, because they believe and fear that they are heading towards an absolute rubbing in the the elections in November. At the moment, the Democrats control the presidency, they control the White House, they control the House representatives, and they control the Senate by a wafer-thin margin. All indications are, all polls suggest they're going to lose the lose the control of the House representatives. Certainly, the Senate is a little bit more problematic. They're facing really big headwinds on the economy. Inflation is at an excessive 8%. Uh, prices are through the roof, particularly in really bellwether issues like fuel costs in garages. And they believe and hope, or they hope, now this may be wishful thinking, but they hope that the, they can turn the Supreme Court uh, ruling on abortion to influence Particularly women and particularly women in suburban America, and suburban women were the constituency that essentially won the White House for Joe Biden. They were the constituency that turned against Donald Trump in the two thousand and eighteen midterms and maintained that trend anti Trump position in the election in two thousand and twenty. That constituency seemed to be drifting back towards the Republicans, given the issue on the economy The Democrats are now hopeful that they can use the abortion issue to try win those Democratic uh, suburban female voters back into their camp. And to do that, they are going to hammer home over the next three months to the election that a Republican national victory in the election will lead to a ban nationwide on abortion. Now, in reality, it probably couldn't happen initially because Joe Biden would veto any such legislation even if it was passed. However, a Republican president in 2024 could certainly lead that to the case. We know that
1: polling shows a majority was always in favour of Roe. But I suppose the question is, do they think it is sufficiently important that decides how they're going to vote uh, in November? You know, we've seen... In the repeal, the referendum uh, in this country, how much of a personal motivating factor it was for an awful lot of women? Do you think we could see something similar in the
0: States? I think what the, the democratic strategists will want at this stage is, is, is this a motivating factor to actually get people to go and vote in the first place? Because it's a midterm election. The presidency is not on the line. It'll get less attention or generally gets less attention than a presidential election will will do. So the issue is you have to get your, your base out to vote. So the issue is, will you use abortion as an issue to essentially encourage people to go and vote? And all the indications are is that the message will be you're hearing it from Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans will ban abortion. You're hearing it from the president uh Roe v. Wade is on the on the ballot paper. And the second part of this is is to move the issue beyond abortion, to move the issue to to again to introduce into the, the political discourse a question as to whether the Supreme Court, this Supreme Court with a right-wing conservative supermajority, will it come after other social rights? Will it come after same-sex marriage, will it come after the right to contraception? Which are all currently federally guaranteed rights. They're not spelled out specifically in the Constitution. They come from these uh, concept of unenumerated rights, from a right to privacy, very much like in Ireland. You know, the, the original uh, issue in relation to right to contraception in Ireland came from a judgment in the case called McGee in 1973 in Ireland, which again stemmed from the right to privacy. And the Supreme Court has a majority now who subscribe to a legal doctrine called originalism which basically means that the Constitution should be read literally as the framers in 1770-whatever, or the people who wrote amendments after the Civil War in the 1800s, what was in their mind when they actually wrote it. The, the the, The fear that the Democrats are trying to plant in the minds of other people is this issue of broader social rights will be under attack in the Supreme Court if you don't give us the political mandate to stop this. And what are Republicans saying in response to that? Basically that, oh no, well, look, this is not an issue at the moment. The the main Supreme Court ruling, the main judgment said that, oh no, this was purely an issue around abortion because abortion is uh, literally, as they would perceive it, a life and death issue for a fetus. So therefore it was more more important than other issues and this is an exemption. The unfortunate part for people's argument was was that one of the Supreme Court judges, Clarence Thomas, perhaps one of the most conservative judges, Maintained, oh and no, well, this issue should also apply to other issues like the right to uh, contraception, the right to same sex relationships, the right to same sex marriage. And you had Vice, Pres- Vice President Kamala Harris saying last week, well, really, what, what Thomas did was he just said the quiet part out loud, that he let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, and this is what really the agenda is. And that what Thomas was doing, as they would contend, as she would contend, is that Thomas was inviting cases to be brought to him. And it's remarkable when you look at it from an Irish perspective to think of a concept of judges in the Supreme Court maybe articulating a wish list of cases that they'd love to adjudicate on. And the argument from the Democrats is that what happened in abortion was that you had a series of legislatures at local level, at state level, who brought forward essentially test legislation, legislation they knew that was going to lead to challenges, to allow it to get to a Supreme Court at a time when the Supreme Court had a conservative majority. So it would be struck down.
1: Because this has been a, what, 30-year project by conservatives to to put in place conservative judges that would overturn Roe v.ersus Wade. I mean, on on its own terms, I guess
0: you would say it's been a spectacular success. A spectacular success. A two-handed approach. On the one hand, you manipulate a political system to allow a conservative majority in the Supreme Court to be established. And on the other hand, you have conservatives running states at local level, passing legislation, pushing the boat out on abortion in the knowledge that somebody would challenge the, legally challenge it and it would end up filtering its way up through the system or down through the system till it reached the Supreme Court and your Conservative Supreme Court majority was waiting to hear that case. And the fear of Democrats, or this is the fear they're pushing out, putting out there, is, is that the same will happen in relation to same-sex marriage, the same will happen to same-sex relationships, the same could happen to contraception. And already, last, last weekend, the Attorney General in Texas said that if the legislature in Texas passes or reintroduces legislation that would basically criminalise homosexuality which would have been there going back to the 1800s that he will defend it. All of these issues that stem from the right to privacy and the democrats will argue if you want to protect those you want to put a absolute guarantee around those that the only way to do it is to federally pass laws to do that and to do that you need to have uh, essentially sixty senators but you've got 50 at the moment
1: right you've got the Democrats have the White House they have a majority in the House of Representatives and they have a bare majority in uh, in the Senate and so okay uh, let's say they pass abortion legislation and they can't get past the filibuster but I don't understand why they don't do that and let the country see Republican senators blocking the legislation that, after all, a majority of of Americans need to be in
0: favour of. Well, I suppose the argument would be is that they've done that in relation to, for example, for voting rights. Uh, The House has passed two voting rights where bills shot down the Senate. It didn't matter, really, to any degree at all. And, as I say, there's different arguments in relation to, oh, we need to do it, we need to put them on the spot, make them vote on it. But the the reality is that it, it hasn't got a chance of passing. Because under the filibuster rules, out of the 100 seat chamber, you need 60 votes to actually pass things that are not financial bills, by and large. And it doesn't have the numbers, doesn't have the votes to change the rules on the filibuster, because there are two centrist uh, Democrats who will not budge, therefore it doesn't have the majority. And the other fear they have in the back of their mind is, if they get rid of the filibuster, what will the Republicans do if they come back into power in the Senate next year? Because if there is no filibuster, would they facilitate in passing a nationwide ban on abortion, which would be easier to get through in the House if they control that in the Senate. But if the filibuster is gone, they'd only need a bare majority. So there are those fears in the mind. Within the Democrats, there are different strands, part of their own coalition, different arguments. The president has indicated that he wants the filibuster to go for this, what they call a carve-out, that this wouldn't apply in this instance. He doesn't have the votes for that. He doesn't have the votes for to introduce legislation on abortion. And in reality, he the legal advice is he cannot act on what's called executive orders, just introducing with a stroke of a pen to deal with, to, to deal with abortion issues. And the way they see it is that the, at the moment, the only way around that is to try get a majority in November and change the rules then in January. But basically, what the Democrats will, will need to find out is, will members of the public in America, across the country, be prepare to overlook their concerns in relation to how the Biden administration is handling inflation and cost of living and the economy, to back the Democrats out of concern and fear over the issue of um, abortion and the potential threat to other social rights, such as contraception, same-sex marriage, etc., etc. They are the issues as we head into the election.
1: And that's about all we've time for on this. This special edition of Inside Politics was produced by Declan Conlon. I'm Pat Leahy.